Welcome again to Back to the Future Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie Back to the Future, one perfectly constructed model minute at a time. I'm Scott Carell. I'm Nick Mendes in the news. And today we are going back to minute 70, which starts with uh, with Doc asking Marty to please excuse the crudity of his model and ends with Doc saying he's going to simulate the lightning. So in the, in the summer of 2014, uh, I went to go see Back to the Future in a theater for the first time. And that reveal of the model just got the biggest laugh. I think it's my favorite Marty and Doc moment <laughs> in any of the movies. Because because he says, you know, please excuse the crudity of the model. It's not to scale. I, I didn't, It's not to scale and I didn't have time to paint it. And Marty just looks at the model and then looks at Doc and he's like, it's good. And just passes him on. It's good, man. It's good, buddy. <laughs> And he and he's just like, oh, oh, thank you. <laughs> I know. It, like again, like it's funny, but it's not. It's it, it's no one is. It's funny. It, it's funny, but it's sweet. Yeah. And it shows you everything about their dynamic. You know. Yeah. Like no one. Uh, it, which is which is that weirdly, Doc is the kid and Marty is the adult. Yeah. You know. Like no it's, no one's just, the joke. Uh, like no one's the butt right. of this joke. It's just like look at these two goofballs that love each other. Right. And. <laughs> Yeah, but no, it, it's the little supportive pat that he does. Yeah. He's just like, no, you it, – it's just that – it's that supportive pat of like you have the kid who's the overachiever. And he's just like, I, I'm so sorry I didn't do all of these ridiculous things. Yeah. And he's just like, no, look, are you kidding me? Look at what you made. You know what? Um, and he still primed it all. Yeah. Like because no, those are like bottles and cans and stuff and they've all been primed. They're all white. No, he, he had a busy morning, this guy. Yeah. But, you know, so did Marty. But um, right. but neither of these guys have been slacking off today, right? Uh, but, you know, not not to bring up another uh, another podcast, but you know, Scott Scott and I, uh, we both watch a lot of Doctor Who. Um, as do. I would kill for a Doctor companion to have a like a Doc and Marty relationship. It'd be phenomenal. We kind of got that with Clara and Twelve, but like. A little that bit. That taste of it. But I think we can go there, there is There is something else going on there, too, that isn't – that is – it's just not the, the raw same. sexual chemistry. <laughs> not that. Yeah, it's it's just – god, they have just such a great friendship. I could watch a whole movie of just – I could watch easily like an hour and 48 minutes of Doc excitedly showing Marty everything in his house. Yeah, and, and, and Marty not putting up with it. Yeah, no, like, just like, oh, okay. be actively, like, being interested. Oh, hey, yeah. you know? What's this? Yeah. Yeah. He's just, he's... The limit... He just yeah, Marty <laughs> is so... It's so a, a weird balance, because, yeah, he is... He does at times get tired of Doc's Docness, but never in a cruel way. Just like in a, look, dude, we gotta go. We got really important stuff to do. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's such a fine line. It's really great. God, he's, he, Marty's just so supportive. <laughs> he's just a good friend. He is. Uh, He's like that cool kid that you know, kind of a um. Did you you know we, you saw the spectacular now, right? Yeah. You know, it's like that great scene where Shailene Woodley is showing Miles Teller all of her like dorky like manga and anime stuff. Right. And Miles Teller is like, no, yeah, this is cool. Like he's like that cool kid that is into geeky stuff, but just is blessed with being handsome and cool. And and doesn't understand it. But is interested. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, kind of like that. You know, my favorite part of Twenty One Jump Street is Channing Tatum's relationship with like the science nerds. 
right. and how that like becomes like a genuine like friendship and partnership. Right. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, it's sort of like all those people who say they're into science now when it's just like, well, I mean, you're not. You think it's you're cool. into. Yeah, you you you're into pop science. You're into like, you're into Facebook posts like, is Earth really a fart from the universe? And you're like, <laughs> right, right. You're you're into like the the entertaining side of of science, yeah. but you know, science isn't really entertaining. But thankfully, you know, Doc is a showman, so Marty being that type of science fan works because Doc is incredibly entertaining. Yeah, you know, you know in another life, Doc could almost become like a Neil deGrasse Tyson type or a Carl Sagan type. Or Bill Nye. Bill Nye, yeah, even be- even better, Bill Nye, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like he's getting his own, uh, his own personal Bill Nye the Science Guy show. Yeah. I mean, that's he's like what he's like the being a friend with with Doc Brown. It's almost like. like he's like the highest donation level of a Kickstarter. Yeah, and if you pay five hundred dollars a month, you get to just hang out with Doc Brown and when he does random shit whenever he wants. Right. Um, this scene, to me. <laughs> Like I think, I think a lot of people when they talk about um, when the the sequels get over expositiony, sure. right? And and you have that scene in 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 the sequel um, where he's like talking about alternate timelines. How he's like trying to explain that with the with the timeline on the chalkboard mm-hmm. and all that stuff. This is probably the best example of fun, simple exposition. I think I've ever seen. Yeah, no, you you you're you're sort of the audience is right where Marty is. Yeah, he's like, it's it's so well done. Yeah, well, because it's it's not, you know, Brian Johnson, uh, you know, director of the upcoming uh, Star Wars: Phasma's Revenge, uh, famously <laughs> said that one of his least favorite things tropes in movies is okay, explain it to me like I'm an idiot, or like now let's hear that in English. Right. Where, like, it is simplified, but it's through character. Right. You know, like, Doc's trying to get someone else to understand this. Right. And we are, in this scene, like, we are Marty. Well, and it's not even that he's trying to make him understand he's it. It's that he's, he's, he's just trying to explain to him the plan as is necessary for Marty to understand. Yeah, he's like, look, you don't... You don't need to know how all of this works. But this is what you have. This to is do. physically what's going. You're going to do, right? And there, right. you know, there's this great bit where he's like, and then you're gonna, you know, I, I, I tethered this hook to this thing. <laughs> like it, it is like a really adorable mixture of like science and like homemade, like sweeted science in a way. Right. Right. Yeah, I just love the. Detail. I I I love it. I love it as an exposition scene. It's it's pretty phenomenal. You just tethered a hook to a to a to a, a fishing rod with twine. Yeah, I I uh, I don't know. I we got called out um, a couple of weeks ago um, in our uh, I think it was episode fifty. Um, we were talking about how a lightning uh, a lightning strike is like you know way way more than one point twenty one gigawatts. <laughs> And um, we got called out for for suggesting that lightning was being shot directly into uh, the flux capacitor rather than through all these cables and whatnot, sure. um, as uh, is is what happens in the third act and is explained in this minute. Uh, but never in this minute does Doc say 
the lightning is going to strike here, and then we're going to siphon off the power of the lightning strike <laughs> um, into exactly 1.21 gigawatts, and, and it's going to hit the... No, there's no way. There's no way. You can't control lightning. Yeah. That's not a thing. You can't. You can't. It's a natural occurrence. It's going to be whatever it is, and you're going to get whatever you're going to get, uh, and yeah. it's going to be like Nicolas, way more. Like Nicolas Cage. Right. Well, you're just you're gonna. <laughs> Lightning is a lot like Nicholas Cage. You don't know what it's. Uh, it's gonna be too much or too little. You can't control it. It comes right. whenever it wants. Right. Right. And and so you know it's I I, I still stand by the fact that it is uh, vastly overpowering in that moment. He, they're getting way more than 1.21 gigawatts. Yeah. But, I mean, the thing is, it's like, yeah, you're getting more, but you are also getting 1.21 gigawatts. You're going to have a you little know? extra. Yeah, you're going to have extra. And, you know, that's fine. Um, so, I don't know. I, 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 think, I think we were right to talk about the power of the lightning strike <laughs> being way, way more. What else are we going to uh, talk about? Right, exactly. <laughs> that's true. But speaking of the lightning strike... Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, Doc says that the lightning strikes at precisely 10.04 p.m. There is nothing precise about 10.04 p.m. That's a whole minute of range. Yeah. Uh, Believe me, believe me, listener, Scott and I know all about what can happen between the span of one minute and the next. Yeah. We know. If anyone knows. we learned anything in this goddamn operation we've been doing. (laughs) <laughs> it's you can do a lot with a minute. Oh, anything, man. anything could go wrong. Yeah, precisely ten oh four p.m. Uh, and I feel like the way that he explains the plan, which is that I like, if I'm Marty, I am freaking out. <laughs> yeah, like, because I have to do what? Yeah, the way that he's like, okay, so the lightning is going to strike at precisely ten oh four p.m. Mm-hmm. What does precisely mean? Any time in that minute, I guess. I don't know. Get there at and, get there at ten oh three. But let's say let's say that the lightning is going to strike mm-hmm. at ten oh four p.m. in zero seconds. On the right? dot. On the dot. It is it is a very punctual strike of lightning. Ten oh four p.m. zero seconds. Okay, so the lightning is going to strike. At 10.04 and zero seconds, it's going to go down the cable, go across the, the cable that is that is going across the two light posts. And you have to drive the DeLorean and hook the light, the, the cables going across the light post at the exact moment that the lightning strikes the cables. It, like, you're- I... It, I mean, I, if I'm Marty, I'm just like, there's no way I can do that. That's impossible. He's, he, he's keeping up with lightning. Yeah. I mean, that's that's just just timing it to that close of I mean, that's insane. But, you know, a few minutes ago, this guy did just pull a hell of a run. That's true. So he, he, he did. He did pull the Marty, the, the, the Marty climb maneuver or whatever. Yeah. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. It's it it's it is. It is a cool plan, and it is a very simple plan in conception. But the execution of this plan, I mean, as we'll see, is insane. Ripe like, with mayhem. Oh, it's just, I mean, what? This <laughs> is, I mean, I understand that's like the only shot they have, so they have to figure out something. Sure. But like, oh my God, this is just, and not only does he have to hit 
the his mark at the exact moment that the lightning strikes, but he also has to be hitting exactly 88 miles per hour at that point. I assume he could probably go over 88 miles per hour and it would work sure, the same. Sure, like 89, 90. Or, right, right. But but he has to get up to 88 miles per hour at by that exact moment as well. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many factors that have to happen all completely in sync. It is, it is the most insane plan that is ripe for absolute failure. And Marty catches none of it. <laughs> he's like all right yeah sounds fine to me he's like yeah okay sure <laughs> he's like let me show you what, what i mean and oh man i can't wait to talk about that in the next minute but um no i don't think you understand how boned you are yeah this this demonstration is just oh my god it's one of my favorite things um so uh, uh yeah also how, how how does cable filter like the power of a lightning strike like it hits the lightning rod and then it just goes into the cables and the cables somehow like i feel like you would have to have cables going everywhere mm-hmm. right yeah because you'd want to like you'd want to like t you'd want to um like split it off sure. right so you'd have like the main cable and you'd split that off into two and then keep splitting those off or whatever so that by the time you got if you wanted it to be exactly 1.21 gigawatts you'd have to have like cables like siphoning off power everywhere mm-hmm. Because it looks to me like a like a straight line, like yeah. from the from the lightning rod down the cable across to across the across the uh, thing. I, or or, or you need like some sort of machine that siphons the power mm-hmm. or something. But I don't think they would have anything like that in 1955. In my day to day life, a good 60 percent of the things around me, I, I chalk up to basically magic. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, and then I mean, that's- yeah, the Internet works because magic. Yeah. Um. There's light in all of these buildings all the time because magic. Sure. Um. You uh, when you uh, when we ordered that magic's just science. You don't understand. Yeah. When you ordered that microphone and I was like, hey, it's coming on January second, and you were like, no, actually, I, I fixed it and now it's coming on Thursday. I was like, oh well, he used magic. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 interesting. Uh. I, 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 I'm really excited to talk about the demonstration um, oh. in the next. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite moments in the movie is coming up. Oh, yeah. Mine, too. Definitely. <laughs> it's probably the same moment. It's a great sure. moment. It's probably, uh, I would say it might be the biggest laugh in the movie every time I've seen it in theaters. Yeah. You know what's great uh, about this movie, though, comedy-wise? It doesn't try and, like, hurt. You know how, like, Step Brothers, like, Step Brothers wants your stomach to hurt by the end of it. Right, you know, and in a great way. I love, I love Step Brothers, but it, it's so it's such a gentle comedy, where there isn't really a big like guffaw like bridesmaids diarrhea scene. You know, right? It's like this is this is more I mean, this is more the like the kind of comedy of like the Cornetto movies. Yeah, we're like, huh? Yeah, where it's not like it's not like relentless, but you just you love like every little yeah. bit of like, it, you know. Cornetto. You get you get more of like a sense of joy from watching it. Yeah, it's kind of like it's, you know? it's more like you know Ferris Bueller or Groundhog Day. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna laugh out loud, but you're just gonna be so happy for the, the whole run. Right, right. Although I do laugh out loud a lot when I watch those movies. Sure, yeah. They use their jokes like action set pieces, you know. Yeah, definitely. Man, we could do a we could probably get away with doing like a John Hughes minute. Yeah, probably. But we won't. We will not. Um. You gotta draw the line somewhere. You guys are lucky you're getting you're getting two more of these. 
Are they? Are they sure, lucky? Yeah. Are they? <laughs> you, you choose to see us through to the end. Uh, that guy who complained about minute fifty doesn't doesn't consider himself. Well, he, lucky. He's gone. Uh, maybe he's long gone. I kind of <laughs> like it. I mean, LCD Sound System had three albums. That's, that's true. That's all they needed, and a Christmas song. <laughs> Oh, and that's that's uh, that's the end of this this uh, this minute. I think oh, I don't have any other minutes or any other notes for this minute. It's a, it's a simple minute. It is very simple, and it's and it's exposition heavy. It's great exposition, but it is exposition. There's only so much. You know what it is? I think our amount of stuff to talk about is directly proportional to how many Hill Valleyans are on screen. <laughs> that's you know, you're not wrong. You are not wrong. Um, all right. Well, uh, in the meantime, we'll be back next week to start talking about, uh, 71 through 75. Um, but in the meantime, you can go check out our website, back to the future minute.com. You can email us contact at back to the future minute.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at BTTF minute. Uh, like us on Facebook, leave us iTunes reviews, real good, nice, healthy five-star iTunes reviews helps us out more than you could possibly know. Uh, also if you could just tell people about us, um, you know, my, our, our friends on, on Tumblr, uh, they really seem to be getting the word out. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. Right. Um, we got, we got a lot of fans on Tumblr and that's really, really cool. Uh, so, uh, keep spreading the word. Uh, you know, if you know any other Back to the Future blogs or Back to the Future re- related like Twitter or, handles or just or movie Facebook people like, you know, yeah. you have people that like, oh, there's no new episodes of how did this get made? Like, what do I listen to at work tomorrow? Be like, oh, well, you know, listen to these. They're only like like 15 minutes. Right. Um, yeah. So go uh, go check those out. I know and then uh, The Doctor's Companion. Our Doctor Who podcast that we do with Cassandra Fredrickson. Uh, I think this week we would have come out with our um, our uh, latest episode about the uh, season finale of um, of uh, series nine and the Christmas special. Um, and then we will be back at like the end of January to start this new thing uh, where we start talking about like classic Who and stuff. I'm very frightened. Oh God, you're gonna have so much fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, even even when it's bad, it's it's usually really fun. So it's like Nicolas Cage, <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Uh, and then of course, Geek by Night, which just premiered on Wednesday, the first episode, reboot part one, and uh, reboot part one came out on on Wednesday, and part two comes out on January twentieth, and uh, they basically get released uh, biweekly uh, until the season's over in uh, August, I think. Go uh, go listen to Geek by Night, and if you like what you hear, please become a page- patron on Patreon, Patreon.com/slash/GeekbyNight, uh, where you know at the five dollars a month level you get like most of the bonus content, and uh, if you start uh, subscribing at higher levels, you can get extra special stuff, uh, including a guest spot on Patreon All Star Week of this show that you're listening to right now. If you pay high, pay us high enough, we will literally go in and uh, take your fear away. Through, I don't know how we're test, going through, to fulfill that promise. Through testing and uh, asking you questions about this life and previous lives through okay. commitment, we will uh, eradicate you of all fear and thetans. Okay. All right. I mean, you know, I'll just put you in charge of that. Yes, and, that'll, be uh, my, that'll be my part. I'll go ahead and take a back seat. Um, but everything else, all the other things I said, I can I can definitely uh, vouch for. Yeah. 
Um, and of course, uh, go check out the, make sure you're listening to the other minute style podcast, Star Wars Minute, which is just continues to be phenomenal. And, uh, and, and Goodfellas Minute. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.